another episode of the MMOs.com podcast. And I am joined with... Gumble, Matt. Shirelia. And we are down an Altai right now. He is off on international business once again. What a guy. What a guy. He's making sneaky deals with China to secure our place in the new dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we do have a new overlay, as you can see. We're testing this one out. Uh, Shout-outs to Sebration, one of our viewers that set this up for us. And I will be Thanks, guiding so. us Thank through. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Professionalism plus one. Getting I, there. It's been 61 weeks. We're finally we're making some progress. Now, I know we're all dying to talk about Pokemon Go, but before we get there, okay. we got to do the weekly raid, so I'm tossing it to Gumby. Wow. Don't, don't sound so disheartened. Jeez. Okay, the weekly raid is not about Pokemon Go, because that would be pandering. Uh, so this week, uh, we're talking about classes and why people choose the classes they do. So when I was an edgy teenager, no matter what game I played, I would always pick the rogue class, anything that had sneak or uh, backstab, anything that felt kind of like the rebellious class. And then I got a little older, and I started picking wizard classes. And no matter what game I played for a certain period of time, whether it be a month or a year or two years, I would always pick a certain type of class. And I bounced around through quite a few. And now lately, uh, when I go to play games... I try and pick a healer. I tried an Aeon at least, and that was a fail. It was the wrong server, but I feel myself leaning towards healing classes. So I'm curious if anyone, anyone in our group and in mm-hmm. chat, leans towards one class or the other and why. Or, or are people more fluid than me and they just pick whatever class seems most interesting for that game? So who wants to take it away? Go uh, ahead, Omar. Or Matt. Someone. I guess... <laughs> I guess I tend to gravitate towards tank unintentionally. It's just whatever I end up finding the most interesting. But I, I like playing the healer, even right. though I don't end up gravitating towards it. I, I got to comment on the healer thing because there's certain classes I can't play, and healer is one of them, right? I cannot be designated the group bitch. And I'm kidding. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a healer. In fact, healers are probably the most in demand, and they get you to the best guilds the easiest, yep. okay? Classic Omer. <laughs> all right, all right. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell a story now because why not, right? Please. It's related right. to this question too. I played warrior in World of Warcraft vanilla, right? My brother played a priest, a female priest. Okay, that's clearly why he got into a better guild than me. All right, the female uh, priest. And the fact was, that yeah. yeah, if you're a female warrior, you know you're probably a dude because girls don't play warriors. Now girls play support, so that's why you know you gotta be the female priest to sell the story even more. But basically, I was like, I was in my greeny meanies, my my blues. I had like pretty awful gear. And my brother was, like, in one of the best, like, raiding guilds on the server. And he, he wasn't any better than I was, right? But he played healer. And because he played healer, he was easily able to get into a good guild. And, like, he was always ambiguous about if he was a girl or not, you know? Because the more <laughs> ambiguous you are on that, like... Oh, man. Like, the, the guild leader assumed he was a girl, right? And he was extra nice to him. Her, thinking it was a her. So he got into the guild because of that. And he, I mean, he wasn't a bad player. He wasn't a bad healer, right? But because he played healer and a female healer, he got to a way better guild. He had full epics. He did Molten Core really quickly. They got to Blackwing Lair. They were almost full tier, tier twos. And I'm sitting there, freaking, only chance I get to get my tier one loot in World of Warcraft was, there was a pickup guild, uh, a pug for Molten Core. Like, one of the, the, the best server, in, the best guild in the server, the best guild in the server would actually, uh, like, do charity work. And like run molten core for like the peasants who couldn't get into a good guild. So I, I, I was leeching off the charity of this guild, and my brother was wrecking everyone because he was a freaking healer. Should roll healer. healer. <laughs> I don't. You know I play DPS 
for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's the problem with mage and stuff. And it's true. I mean, I never pick a class because I think I'm going to get in a raid. Mm -hmm. It was just um, just a feeling. Maybe maybe classes... Uh, I think what I was getting at with this question, and I don't think this is why Erhan played a healer. I think he played it because he knew he would get ahead in the game. Is that does the class you choose reflect something about you? You know? If you play a healer, is it because you want to be the pillar of the group, mm -hmm. opposed to the tank who gets all the spotlight? Omer. <laughs> so, Shu, what about you? What, what class do you do you like? Uh, it's kind of like Gumby. It kind of evolved as it went. Um, when I originally started playing MMOs, I started out only playing healer classes, and then it went into mages, but the mage phase wasn't too long. <laughs> And then I did the rogue thing for a little bit just because I really like PvP. Mm -hmm. And then I switched to tanking. I don't know like how that happened. <laughs> but um I mostly like uh like healers from like Ragnarok. That was like when I really liked playing healer a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh now nowadays I mean I, I, I mostly like to tank or DPS. Right. Um depends on the healer class. Like I really like healing in Rift. It was really fun. So you choose your class based on the game itself. It was never like yes. about some abstract archetype. Depends on how interesting it is. So like in Final Fantasy, like I was like, ooh, Scholar, that's a cool way to heal. So I I played Scholar. You know, it depends on the See what they were kinda of gimp at first. <laughs> no man, you just had to know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every scholar I ran into doing. was <laughs> <laughs> No, Never like when, when me and uh, me and mommy used to raid together, and like he, he played a uh, white mage, and I played a scholar, and we would just like learn the fight like completely, like every single attack, and so we would alternate our cooldowns to block every attack. It was pretty cool. And it was really fun because like you, like as a scholar, like you kind of felt like a scholar when you were playing that class because you like had to know the fight like exactly. So right. I thought that was really fun. That was really fun to me, like throwing up that big shield and like blocking like stuff. You know, that was fun. But right. do you guys ever feel bad for picking a class that everyone else was playing? I'm thinking of like um, like Legion, or even going back in time to uh, Burning Crusade, uh, Death Knights, and whatnot. Right? Or is that Wrath of Lich King? Am I messing yeah, it up? I don't. I don't do that. The either. point is, everyone will play a certain class. Like, uh, and this isn't an MMORPG, but Overwatch just released a new hero today which we'll talk about Anna and I've run into teams where everybody's playing the same character and you they can't. Type you, of game. bullshit you so, can't you can't you anymore Gumby that's competitive that's competitive oh, oh in normals so um do you ever sorry, feel I assumed I assumed you were competitive Gumby I'm sorry <laughs> no issue. I'm gonna get back at you for that later but... <laughs> I, I want to throw one thing into the class discussion too because uh, a lot of games I feel have deviated away from like job changes, a lot of classical games, including Ragnarok Online and just a bunch of older games, they had like once you reach like level thirty, level fifty, you get to, you get to branch off to a different job. I feel like right. we're kind of, we're kind of losing that now. How do you guys feel about that? I love that system of changing job because it really makes you feel like you've accomplished something, and it's like, especially when you get like that outfit change and stuff, you're like, yes. damn, like you know, big dick time, you know? It's like <laughs> I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna offend the job change system. And I'll bring up two examples as to why. In classic Ragnarok Online, and all roads lead back to Ragnarok, 
when you advance your job, you knew what you were getting into, right? The job is just more of unlocking more skills for the job you already wore. So say I was, uh, I believe it was mage, or I believe it was mage, and then you would turn into a wizard, right? So you would expand your yes. skill set. Whereas in a game like Tree of Savior, which is supposed to be the successor, sometimes when you evolve, I mean, you do keep your skills, but that job is completely different from what you had played previously. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, at Oh, sorry, go ahead. So sometimes if it's if it locks you in to into too much of a linear path, I'm not a fan. I think a game like Final Fantasy XIV did it really well, where you could switch between all the classes. That way then you never feel that you're locked in a hallway and now you can only proceed in one direction. I want I want some type of horizontal progression with classes. I don't because at some point if I change my jobs, I may lose interest. I don't want it to start I wouldn't want it to make a new character. I want to be able to have some type of continuation with that same character. Does it make sense? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can do it in other ways too. Like, um, for example, World of Warcraft lets you switch specs, right? So mm -hmm. you always keep it fresh that way, right? But that's not the same thing. Let's hear Matt's opinion on this before change. I add some detail, my my detail to it. Well, um, on <laughs> terms in terms of job change, and I wanted to add that I, I kind of agree with Sean because, like, I just played Critica recently, for example. Mm -hmm. And when I got my job changed, it, I kept, like, one or two skills, but it basically changed my entire class. Like, it was a completely different class. And it wasn't, like, as subtle, like, you slowly spec into it. It just all of a sudden changed your spec entirely. So you had to play your class completely differently. But did everything get better? Like, you still do more damage and stuff. It just Your abilities are completely different, right? Yeah, but you no longer know how to play your class, but, and you have to start all over with all these different abilities. So the way you actually play your class changes drastically, too. Yes. Okay, but that could be a specific issue with the way Kritika handled it, maybe. Because generally, or, you know, you change classes in Ragnarok, I mean... You, but it is still an implementation that's yes. used in games. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't like that when they do that, because I, I don't like to have to relearn my entire class mm -hmm. with all those skills. Like, it's not a subtle thing where you slowly get more skills again. They just drop you face first in this whole set of skills and expect you to figure it out. But the reverse of that is one of the reasons I like the job class system because you do get kind of stuck in this pattern of doing the same thing, you know, the same rotation of skills. So having to relearn things once in a while, I feel like it keeps it fresh. But the main reason I like job changes, it gives you, it gives you clear goals on like what you want to get and when you want to get there. So like level 30 will be on your mind at all times. So I know original Maple Story, for example, your job, you're from novice to your job change level 10 and then 30 and then 70. So once you get to 30, like you, you, you're getting there as fast as you can so you can get that job change and then, and then you, you get to aim for level 70. And that's like that min, those, these mini goals keep you coming back to the game. And I felt like that was always like something to reach for because getting that one piece of gear was always like a small like upgrade. It was nice, right? But that job change was literally, as Shu said, gives you, you know, that big dick moment when you just – your outfit changes and boosh, you're something else now. That was always exciting for me for whatever reason. Gives you like that that shonen yeah. anime moment of like you know it's like it's like bam like you transformed into like the next super saiyan you know it's like, <laughs> it's like that you know <laughs> feels feels really good. But Again, yeah. I just want more freedom. I never want to feel locked. Like I've screwed up before in games where they have job progression systems, and then I go, ah, I'm stuck now with this job. I don't like the way it's turned out. Yada yada, and maybe that's because. So I think the critique I was getting at is I don't want to feel I need to research the complete chain of progression for a certain uh, job advancement before I go to play. I want I want to be able to play the game and not have to write a doctorate on why I'm I'm choosing mage and then progressing to wizard and then all of a sudden I'm a gunslinger. How the hell 
did I get here? And that doesn't necessarily happen. I just mm -hmm. I just want to know what I'm getting into when I first pick. I but, think or maybe all those classes should be offered at first, and they should have a progression that's more in line with what you originally chose. Maybe that's a problem with the game itself. So There's also the issue that a lot of games don't really explain the class as well. It's just like the short description about what it is. It's like, yeah, well, I guess that sounds cool. It's like, what does this do? It's true. And uh, you know what? That's a great transition, actually, Matt, because speaking of games that don't explain how to do anything or their classes... So this is the part where we talk about what we've played this week. I think we've all played Pokemon Go, a game that does almost nothing to explain how its systems work or its intricacies. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all been playing, um, some more than others, myself included, <laughs> where I've played probably way too much. I'm currently level 22. Nice. Oh, damn, you're uh, catching up, Gumby. Big Gumby. Catching up. All right, all right. Uh, hold on. Hold the horses. Hold the horses. How much money have you all spent on Pokemon Go so far? I want some numbers. Spent four oh, God. I spent Zero. 20 so far. 20. Zero for Matt. Matt's the smartest out of us so far. Shoo! Come on, Shoo! Shoo! Here we go! <laughs> no, I can't. Shoo guys. cannot disclose. Come on, Shoo! For, for <laughs> Just, come on. You, you shared the fate grand order. I, I don't right, know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. More right, or less. How about you guess? How about, how about, how about guess? How about, Fine. Okay. All right, guess. I say right, you spent... Go ahead. I'll I say guess. 300. I say 350. 350. Oh, that's going to be my guess. I'll guess 300 flat. 300. I'll guess $527. I don't know how um, she managed that one, but that's a good one. Sean is the winner. Sean is the winner. 300. All right. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. You've Damn done it's... worse, Joe. You've done worse. You've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was told that the more specific I am, the more likely I am to be right. Clearly, somebody was lying to me. <laughs> wow. Okay, I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> I want to explain to you, so, people, the game definitely motivates you to spend money uh, yes. through sheer annoyance. And I will just quickly mention that uh, a big problem with Pokemon Go is you run out of bag, bag space quite quickly as you level. and You kind of need it, too. You really do. It's... If you plan on doing gyms at all, you do need that bag space. And also, your Pokemon slots quickly fill up as you level up because you need to catch mm -hmm. more and more Pokemon to level if you're going to do the gear grind or the Pokemon uh, evolving grind, the lucky egg. So it inconveniences, it inconveniences the shit out of you to spend money. Is that why? And also, Pokeballs run out pretty quick, so... I feel like um, if you were a casual, you could play yeah. without, mm -hmm. um, you can. without it and... It's it's really easy to play without spending money if you're casual. Absolutely, I mean, you do you do feel the Pokeball choke, but I mean, if you actually take the time to go stock up, then it's not too bad. The Pokemon choke. I feel that's like some erotic sex term right there. The, the Pokeball choke. <laughs> Pokeball choke. I guess the that's Pokeballs word. Pokeball choke. That's just that awkward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just like y you know, I'm like, here's the way I see it. Okay, is we here at MMOs.com, we're pretty hardcore gamers, right? We put mm -hmm. our all, we're really competitive, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell I'm going to let some fucking casuals beat me in Pokemon. <laughs> Come on. So, and like, so I pretty much know. boost all the time. That way, like, you know, I'm always, like, No, that's have a true. You do. That makes a huge difference. Uh, so, basically, if you're not familiar, and I'm pretty sure everyone is, there's an item in the game called Lucky Egg. And what it does is it doubles your experience for about 30 minutes. And you can get them for leveling up, but you can also buy them in the cash shop. And it is probably the most attractive item because <laughs> double XP 
is a huge difference. When yeah. you evolve a Pokemon that you've already evolved, so say it's a Weedle, and you've evolved a Cocoon already, the second time you evolve it, uh, base, vanilla evolution, you get 500 experience. With a Lucky Egg, it's 1,000. So if you have 75 Weedles, and you can evolve them into Kakunas, that's 75,000 XP, or level 21 to 22, which is a lot of experience. That's huge. So it's all about... Those Lucky Eggs are... are pivotal to, to leveling i mean that's what leveling is all about if you want to level yeah. if you want to level grind hardcore <laughs> i want to say though like i want to commend nintendo in a way because the way they did set it up uh, yes you do run in points where you feel you need to spend money but it's not like an outright cash grab the way we've seen a lot of no. chinese games do it so it's i think they did a very moderate job and uh, i gotta give them props <laughs> for that very moderate I, job <laughs> it doesn't it that's gonna be I a mean, quote from the dominance on the poster. MMOs.com, very moderate job. <laughs> but look at games like Clash of Clans, Clash Royale. These are Western developed yeah. games, and then you have all those art, you know, Chinese MMORPGs, uh, mobile MMORPGs. Those games just milk you every chance they get. Like it's just pay you to can't win. Even play, yeah, right? you, those, you, you can't, those games can't you can't even, even remotely start playing seriously. And like, before the top comment on YouTube, it's Clash of Clans isn't pay to win. You assholes. <laughs> in that voice too. The comment will be in that <laughs> voice. You, you little assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a necessity. I do think, uh, depending on how much you play, yeah. and also, okay, so one thing we should point out Pokemon Go, and I think all of us live in areas of fairly dense population. You know, I'm not saying we live in high population densities, but we live where there's, you know, people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, from my understanding, rural areas are at a significant disadvantage because they don't have the Pokestops. Um, Pokemon don't spawn frequently because it's based on uh, population and uh, wireless data. So there is, there is, a, we are kind of biased by where we live, and I'm not sure what the experience is like for someone in a yeah. more rural area, and they might feel far more motivated to buy incense or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it, it's only time can tell. I haven't seen enough from people like that. Uh, well, I can say if I don't go to like a park or something, it's basically a nightmare. No, same for me. I have to go to a park. I mean, I have I got nothing around my house, uh, and parks are where it's at. I mean, pa parks are where it's at even for me. Like, like you you have to go there really to get anything that's good. You, you want to know an interesting trick, actually, Gumby? Sure. If you install, if you install Ingress, you know I Ingress did. the yeah. yeah you I install Ingress, it. you can use it to look at the XM map, which right. will kind of tell you where the Pokemon are going to be. So I'm sure we've explained this, but uh, Pokemon Go is not Niantic's first game. They developed a game called Ingress, which operates on a similar premise. In Ingress, there's a thing called XM. It's basically just lights. So when you open up Ingress, you see things that are lit up on a GPS map. Uh, and those lights typically correlate with where Pokemon will spawn. So if you go to an area where you, there's XM and Ingress, you can then open up Pokemon Go, and you'll likely run into... Are they running on basically the same surfers? Basically, no, I don't think so, but I don't think so. Pokemon Go was built using all the data from Ingress. Uh, all the Pokestops were in Ingress originally. No, I know that. It's just like, how can they be spawning at the same place at the same time? They don't, no, no, it's not, because... It you... uses this, this uh, cellular usage, I think, is where X7 is based. based. Alright, I, I, I want to talk about some numbers on Pokemon Go, because I, th I found this stuff to be really interesting, and you guys mentioned Ingress too. If you guys take a look yep. at this data, for example, I'm showing on the, the stream... A comparison of selected mobile titles relevant to Nintendo. So this is this this data came out four days since Pokemon Go launched. Obviously, it's been more time since then. But in four days, Pokemon Go has made fourteen million dollars, and then Ingress in the span of like over three years, 
if I can do math correctly. A uh, little less than three years, actually. They only made $1.1 million. So Pokemon Go in four days made 14 times what Ingress made. And look at other wow. Nintendo games like Pokemon Shuffle. I mean, that was pretty successful, too. If you look at your, you know, your Play Store or your App Store, it's got tons of downloads, but it only made $14 million. I think it was pretty fun, Pokemon Shuffle. Wasn't it just like a match three kind of game? Sort of. It had like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I also want to show you guys how massively successful Pokemon Go has been for Nintendo. I mean, we, we touched upon this last week when we said that the stock went up by 30%. But since last week, guys, since last week, Nintendo stocks went up another 30%. So really? If you look at this chart. It's mind-blowing, all right? Let me see this. This is called the Pokemon Go Bump. So just, I should have I should have bought Poke, I should have bought Nintendo stock before Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah, yes, we, we all we all, all should have bought Nintendo We're stock. All the suckers. <laughs> we all would have retired on the island. But look at this! It's, look, I follow finance quite a bit, and like rarely do you see moves this big in this large of a company. You'll see like you know stocks that are worth maybe hundred million dollars. You know they could double to two hundred million. But when you have a company like Nintendo that prior to Pokemon Go was was worth about seventeen billion dollars, and all of a sudden they're worth forty two billion. Like Pokemon Go has literally doubled the size of Nintendo's valuation in the stock market. Doubled for a massive company like Nintendo. I mean, it doesn't happen often at all. Mm-hmm. When's the last time something like this happened? Alibaba. I mean, no, when Alibaba IPO'd again, they went up like thirty percent too. But it was like a hundred million billion dollar company, being hundred thirty right, billion right. stuff like that. But rarely do you see like these crazy moves in these massive companies. Again, this is a, awesome. You know, it's insane. I'm and go, happy for Nintendo. I'm happy for Nintendo too. You know, it's it's insane even though. It's not Nintendo's project, which is even funnier. Yeah. Nintendo's getting all the credit, but it's these guys at Niantic in San Francisco. Um, so I think we asked this question last week. We, we're looking at this chart. It's a huge explosion, but how long will it last? And I brought up this story in the <laughs> pregame, I think. Mm-hmm. Last night I was at a park from 10.30 to 12.30. There's no lights in this park, so it's completely dark. But there were 40 to 60 different people, and some were in groups, walking around this park around a lake, completely dark, all playing Pokemon Go. We were all there, all hunting for Charmander. And it, it, it's just, it's almost a week, it's a week and a half later, right? It's still going very strong, surprisingly strong. And What's I, the age group, though, that you see, Gumby? I'm curious. I saw all ages. I saw an entire family, about uh, 12 people in one family walking around. But uh, at that time of night, I mean, I saw, I guess, a lot of college kids, uh, fewer high school kids, and then people older than that. So mm-hmm. my own age. So it was, it was definitely, it's definitely an older crowd after a certain time. They don't want to be seen with the children during the day, so they go out at night. Mm-hmm. And, um, but during the day, I was at the park today, and I saw, you know, younger kids. So throughout, throughout that day, that park is constantly visited by Pokemon Go players. And I can't, I, I wish I had some numbers on how many people are at that one park throughout the day, how many different people just playing Pokemon. I mean, it's in the hundreds, probably a yeah. thousand, I'm not sure. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating. How long will it last, though? Anyone have any predictions? <clears throat> it depends on. It depends on um, how well they do their updates. So, rumor has it that they intend on updating every two weeks. Um, okay. And if that's the case, then that I think that bodes well. But like I said, they're gonna need to keep updating the game on a very regular basis to keep the hype going because you need to add more pokemon you mm-hmm. need to you know add more systems like trading will be big battling will be big 
fixing the bugs will be big. Oh, cause, uh, yeah. yeah, like how successful is Pokemon Go with all those insane bugs? How often have you thrown it's, a Pokeball and it just like freezes? Unplayable so right bugs. now, dude. Yeah, like, like that's that's yeah. a lot of the reason why I haven't been playing is because it's unplayable. Like you can't even find Pokemon. Like if you see on the radar, it's like three feet, no matter where you go. The radar has been broken. Well, since not day only one. that, not only that. Okay, it and it has not been broken since day one because I started like a week after it was up and mm-hmm. I was able to work with it for like one day. But not it only that, two days ago. You can go up to where a the leaves are rustling and find nothing. Well, nothing. that doesn't indicate that a spawn, right? Anything. That's a spawner. It's it means that every fifteen minutes or so something will spawn there. Mm-hmm. They didn't explain That's that at means. all. They no, explained I'm nothing. I've been sitting here walking around like, why am I standing no. on three of these? Yeah. <laughs> Literally three of these, and nothing is happening. No, that's not, yeah, I thought that too, but apparently, and again, this is just from what I've learned by visiting Reddit and other sites, the leaves and the grass are indicated spawn timer. It means every 15 minutes or so, you can expect something to spawn there, but it doesn't guarantee something will spawn when you walk over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I want to commend Nintendo. I actually enjoy knowing nothing. Uh, it's been fun to watch the community scramble together, and there's a, a subreddit called the Silk Road. It was mentioned in Shoe's Guide, mm-hmm. uh, where Which... it's, people, it's people breaking it down to a statistical level. <laughs> it's really fun to see happen. Isn't um, Silk Road also the sciency road that's in like the original games? Yeah, the Silk Company. Yeah. So I'll link it in the chat. Uh, it's really interesting. On, on the financial side, it's so weird to see how successful this has been for Nintendo, considering they didn't actually make the game, as Scully was pointing it. out. So, like, what's, I think the reason that we saw such an explosion in the value of Nintendo and everyone's crazy is people are thinking that Nintendo's, like, going to take this and, like, they've they this newfound creativity, this newfound energy, and they're right. going to make more things. Yes, they invested in Niantic. They own a piece of the company. They own the Pokemon franchise. But Nintendo still has not really done too many have they they haven't done too many first party mobile games have they done any first party mobile games does anybody know yeah they have um the game that uses the Miis which is kind of a joke oh Mitomo Mitomo but I don't think they they made that game no I think Nintendo made Mitomo I'll I'll check right now I'm gonna check as well because I know Nintendo I heard people were really excited about it for like three days I think Nintendo's media press relations were excited for it Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development. What it. were they thinking? That's what I want to know. They expected no, people to what, actually use me to to chat. Go ahead, Matt. You can take the it. The real what were they thinking is this commercial. Hold on, I gotta go find. Yeah, it. go find it for us. It is legitimately one of the worst things I have ever seen. <laughs> is okay, this it? Yeah, this is a social app, and that's exactly okay. what it is. So basically, they vastly misunderstood modern teenagers. Just... <laughs> Let's take a look. See. Please. Oh my god. I'm already, uh... Where is it? I'm showing it's it off on the stream, too. What is this? Oh, shit. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that is the actual commercial. This looks, Wait, like a, um, this looks like a Tim and Eric skit. <laughs> This is the real, actual commercial. This is so bad. This commercial. All the worst than that Tunak Tunak Tune video that you no, that, that, that was a good. That was a good music video. Tunak Tunak Tune is a classic internet video. All the children in this video were disowned by their parents right after filming this. 
And the Did one this... is clearly Avril Lavigne's illegitimate daughter. I see that. <laughs> I mean, the video is named Nintendo's first smart device app. So up until now, uh, Nintendo has uh, outsourced or licensed their games to third-party Japanese developers, and they've done stuff with their franchises. But Nintendo themselves, this is the first like app it seems that Nintendo has made on their own. But but well, again, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, let me this is terrible. Uh, come on, where's the Wikipedia entry? There we go. Okay, so Pokemon Shuffle was based on Pokemon Battle Troze, and those are all made by Genius Sonority, which are um, they, I mean they've always been made by Genius Sonority. So they are actually Pokemon Shuffle is made by the original developers of the Troze. But are they owned by games. Nintendo? They are not owned by okay. Nintendo. They're a private company that has worked on Dragon Quest as well. I know I know. if Altai was here, he'd be saying it proves Nintendo's ineptitude that none of the games they make... The C-Team is what he would say. He would oh, say, the, yes, Nintendo. he would say the C-Team's oh. in Nintendo. It's the company that made Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Again, why can't Nintendo make these games? Like, Nintendo is not like... A small company. I mean, you can argue, oh, people will say oh, they're doing really poorly, but Nintendo is like $8 billion in the bank sitting in cash with no debt. They could well, hire some could, smart guys. You guys could argue that um, the Pokemon company is the ones that contracted them, and Pokemon con- company is only like... Yes, partly owned by Nintendo. Partially owned by Nintendo. But Nintendo so owns the Pokemon franchise. The actual characters is what I read. Whereas Pokemon, they have the exclusive right to make the games, but the characters are apparently owned by Nintendo. But no, it says on the Wikipedia that the three businesses holding the copyright for, came together to make Pokemon Company, and I think Pokemon Company has the copyrights all right, well, as well as all three of but, them. But regardless, look at Nintendo's other franchises: Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong. Nintendo is clearly not making their own game. I'm gonna throw the ball to you. We were discussing. Uh, well, oh, we were discussing something. What were we discussing? We were discussing Pokemon Go. Yes. I was in the middle of a sentence, and it was a. About... We were talking about the updates. updates yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so I'm just going to take it in a new direction. The I do think if Pokemon Go is going to have, you know, it's going to be around for a while, which I'm sure Niantic now is, is they are brainstorming and figuring out what to do. I think the most important thing is not just updates that improve the stability of the game, because I think that is the major drawback right now. But people, it's not so bad that people are giving up on it, uh, clearly. They need to start. They, they're going to need to put more Pokemon in the game, but I think even more important is going to be events. Uh, putting on events know. for large groups of people, whether that's with legendary Pokemon or um, just some type of uh, reward cycle, like they used to do with the Game Boy games. You would go to a place, a tournament, and you would get like a Mew, something like that. I think that's very That'd important be awesome. because it's such a. It's the thing about Pokemon Go is its focus isn't the Pokemon. The focus is the community. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the people that are playing the game. So if you went to major cities across America or Europe and you um, you say, like, you never in the trailer, you all catch Mewtwo together or something. Like, everyone has to be in Times Square or something and you all catch Mewtwo together and you cheer on. Like, that. when you create those experiences, oh. you solidify your game or whatever it is uh, for the long term. Uh, I think that's going to that, that's gonna be the most important thing and then adding Pokemon would be secondary. And I don't think there's an issue. I mean... That's also a staffing thing, so they're going to have to figure out how to do that. Uh, I'm sure it's in the works. Definitely not easy to organize, as we know about organizing events. Um, so we'll we'll see. Yeah. I, or will you it just completely fade? I don't know. Okay, you know so... Them taking so, the time to... Fo- oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. 
Oh, so, um, speaking of catching things together, you know what would be really awesome if, like, a super legendary Pokemon showed up, and in order for anyone to catch it, like, 200 people had to catch it simultaneously? So they had to work everybody together. everybody that caught it got it? Hmm. <laughs> that would be crazy awesome. It would be cool. Or, or there's a super it. rare Pokemon spawned in Central Park, but only one person can catch it, but catching it takes, like, a full two minutes, right? And the people just, like, beat him up and, like, knock his phone away, and then... They try catching it and it creates a huge fight. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> it's obviously so chaotic, but it makes me so like happy to think about that for some reason. <laughs> that if you catch it then, you'd feel so special. So I'm going to... Uh, so Speaking of everyone playing Pokemon, there has been a large criticism of the game, and it comes down to players who pronounce uh, Krabby as Krabby or like chair mander or pokemon and what i'm really getting at is that there are people who never played pokemon playing the game because it's the hip thing to do so the question i'm getting at and the controversy of the week and we it is a bit of a double controversy is about casuals because it's a word that has come up more often 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 in the last week than any other time and it's a lot of people's criticism of pokemon go are casuals ruining mmorpgs and gaming and it's a question that rears its ugly head all the time. And I'm bringing it up because uh, one of my, a YouTuber I really like, Fever, made a video about just this. And what he was getting at largely is that uh, the developer, developers as a philosophy, rather than trying to appeal to a small 10,000 player base who want something very specific, they try and appeal to the largest common denominator. Right, mm -hmm. and what happens then is you end up with systems that are viewed as being casualized. Uh, I'm not necessarily talking about Pokemon Go, just MMORPGs, MMOs in general. So, is there an issue in gaming? Is this even an issue at all, or is this something that's being inflated uh, to disproportionately? And I'm going to link the video. I'll link it in the Twitch chat. Mm -hmm. uh, I know not everyone's had a chance to watch it, but it is a good video. I do enjoy it. So, would someone like to take that away? Um, so. I don't think the casuals are ruining games for one simple reason, right? Go ahead. Without casuals, the industry would not exist as it does today. Good point. That's, That's true. That is a good point, yeah. And the, would you like to on that? The, the casuals are keeping the industry alive by being the ones that put the money into it. Because a lot of hardcore people, they don't want to keep putting like more money into like all these skins and stuff. Like Even if you look at... like. Okay, so Dead or Alive, you know, everybody hates the Dead or Alive DLC thing because it's a pack of skins for, like, more than the game costs. Dead or Alive 5, just to specify, the one that's on Steam. And it's not the hardcore people that are buying all these skin packs. It's the yeah. casuals who want their fighter characters to look pretty. So they're the ones that are keeping a lot of these, even, like, niche genres alive just by being the ones that put the money into it. I mean, a lot of hardcore people really just want to put that basic amount into the game and be done with it forever, mm -hmm. which is kind of ironic when you think about it. So um, I, I don't think the casuals are ruining the genre. I think they're creating a lot more opportunities than we give it, them credit for. And on the other side of things, if it weren't for casuals, we may never have had a lot of the quality of life features we have now. Like... Um, uh, when I was playing WoW recently, a, I realized how many little quality of life features, like, really I, I took for granted in mm -hmm. all these other games when I didn't have them, and I have them now in WoW, and I'm sitting here like, 
damn, this is so much nicer. Just being able <laughs> to hover over the mini-map and have the little tooltip telling me which quest it is in the mini-map is such, like, an understated feature. You know what I mean? Because you can 100%. hover over in the map usually, and the little area will show up, but usually the mini-map is completely uninteractive. Un but in WoW, you can hover over everything and see it. And these little features, they're all for casuals because they want to be able to interact. And they the weren't there before, they yes. They should. I mean, but I mean, just stuff like that, it really makes you think we never would have had that kind of quality of life if it weren't for casuals. We talked about how difficult questing was in older games, whether it was EverQuest, Ragnarok Online, uh, games that were even, you know, just, we, we saw how difficult it was back then, and just seeing the changes now, as Matt pointed out, is, is a huge plus. On that regards, I think there's no doubt where things like interface, UI, and questing, these three things have gotten a lot better since uh, since casuals, if anything, you know, got into the genre, and they, they got to a broader audience. These things weren't that important back in the day because your hardcore gamer was going to figure all this shit out anyway, so the developers, I guess, are focusing on just adding more content and other issues, that these were really non-starters for what to focus on. But definitely 100% agree with Matt on that, that it's gotten a lot better because of casuals, at least that aspect of it. But still, looking at games like WoW, because I know you brought that up. I am showing the WoW trailer yeah. when you said casual, too. The way, I, the way I see it is I kind of see it as like a um, an ecosystem where like you need more casuals in order to feed like all the super pros at the top right it's like it you gotta build you gotta build a foundation right it's like it's like a food chain you gotta have all the you know without without all the you know the sardines and shit you can't have <laughs> as many sharks at the top you know, what I'm, you know we had mmos we're like in the middle we're like tuna we're like tuna we're like Wait, I like tuna. We're tuna. We're, 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 we're tuna, right? So, so, we, so we, we, we the casuals to show off to, right? We They show our big dicks off to the casuals, right? Not, not only that, is they, they hold the game up because, like, those are the people that are watching it. They're the ones who are, you know, watching casual streamers. They're the mm -hmm. ones who are, who are just filling in, like, you know, that group of people. And the more of that group of people you can have, the more tuna you can have, and then the more super pros like Apex Predators you can have, teams, <laughs> right? I mean, look look at how big. Ever since we started moving towards casual, look at how big esports has gotten. Yeah, that's right? true. Esports benefited it's, a lot it's, from it's that. It's huge. You you can go to like Buffalo Wild Wings and watch League of Legends now. You know, it's like it's crazy. I think the best way to put it is like the people that are super diehard about sports aren't the people that are playing it. Yeah. That's well, true. They're not. You're right. Okay, but I mean, it's a good. It's is it in a good climate for us tuna though, right? It, it's like it's like you know we're not we're not the sharks, but we can still shit on all the sardines, right? I mean, come on. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I think it's often overlooked is for a long time, gaming was niche culture, right? So mm -hmm. um, you would you would play, but you know, there was kids in your class who, you know, they were all about sports. And what's happened is over the last decade or so is gaming has been uh, accepted as a part of a larger culture. And what casuals really refers to is that transition from gaming being this subcategory of something someone engages with, with where everybody plays games, right? So now your entire, the entire population plays games or games are now accepted. And casualization, when people say, you're a filthy casual because everybody's a casual to somebody. Mm -hmm. 
you're really pointing to the fact that gaming itself has just uh, become accepted as part of you know what we do, what activity we participate in. And to point out, when we say casualization, I, I think uh, we have to be careful because we're really referring to big budget mainstream titles, right? Because there are a lot of smaller indie companies, and now all these games are still largely in development, that do appeal to those 10,000 players. They do want to make that experience. So it's not as if the people that want something more like EverQuest or uh, Dark Age of Camelot are totally shut out. There are people in the industry trying to do it. The interesting question is, when these games do all come out, will they keep that audience? Or is, are the people who shout for Return to the Old Ways, um, do they do they not? What, did this, what is the quote from the WoW convention? Um, you think you do? They think they do, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Do they not really want it? I'm not sure. Uh, it's too early to tell. Uh, right. So I, I am curious what happens. I, I got to jump in for a second because I think a lot of the – when you have a bigger audience, you do have to cater towards them. And there was actually a change in League of Legends uh, relatively recently, I think uh, oh, two really? months ago, where they changed a specific item, uh, QSS, the Quicksilver Stash. And it would basically get rid of uh, disable, hard disables as well as uh, snares, slows, and everything else. But they nerfed it so it didn't get rid of hard disables anymore. And then you had a pro player, uh, Double Lift, for example. He, he actually released a video just raging against Riot. Not raging, but you know, complaining to Riot that this change actually drastically lowers the skill ceiling in the game. Because the way you could use that in the past required much higher skill. And mm. it, it, you know, now it says amateur players could do this so easily. Before, it was a thing you had to time it perfectly for certain times. Whether it was you know, Zed's Ultimate or Lee Sin's Q. Like those things, won't, QXS won't work on that anymore. And his complaint wasn't the nerf on the item. It was the fact that it did lower the skill ceiling a lot. So changes like that, I can easily see the perception is ruining the, the ruining the games because that it really doesn't just affect balance. It really affects the skill ceiling. And I do like seeing games with high skill ceilings, where which is, which is why I was attracted to Blade and Souls Combat. Like seeing the fact that I could play the game, like it's just a drastic difference between how you play the game and what your result is. Not just your gear; it's how you play, and. Seeing stuff like that is what makes me attracted to a game. So anytime a company, when a game gets so big, things will change. I mean, you know, vanilla World of Warcraft versus World of Warcraft today. Obviously, the genre is bigger, and the old guys like me that were complaining about vanilla WoW is the best times, we kind of get left out. We're kind of, you know, we're left behind. And I do feel like we lose something when casuals, you know, I, I, I think it's a net positive, the amount of casuals supporting the genre. But you do lose things when things get more casual, when games are focusing on the more casual. I think you're making a great point, which is no game should have its systems changed so that everybody can stand on top. There should always be a certain percentage, whatever the average is, should, there should always be that skill gap where only a certain percentage of your player base can reach it. And, it, and I like that because I know I'll never reach it, but I like knowing there are people that are that much better. Yeah. Right. It does. It, it, it's a it's a sign of depth. It's a sign of mastery. Mm -hmm. If the game systems are changed so much so that everybody can stand on top, it kind of be, their place within that world becomes meaningless. Like your own skill cap, no matter where you are, kind of doesn't really matter. So um, like we we actually talked about this um, when I used to work at Riot, and um, it's it you want to create heroes within the game that you're that mm -hmm. you're working on. You know, you want to set up like certain people to be like those guys that you're like man like i want to be like that you know mm -hmm. like 
like just seeing those people sitting on top in like a distance kind of inspires you to get better yes you know 100 percent. and and that makes you stick with a game more right so mm-hmm. that's like an important thing i think a lot of game companies are actually thinking about and that's why a lot of game companies, companies are trying to go into esports because that's the easiest way to build that kind of a thing right mm-hmm. good point as long as they don't force esports onto the game anytime i read our new game is coming out, and you're not going to believe this, but we're building it for esports from the ground up. <laughs> I hate up. that. I, I hate that. Go, okay, so, you, so your yeah. game's going to fail. I got you. Okay. Right. I, I want to I jump in for the second on the league discussion, too, because uh, I, I do play a lot of league, but I do think that the game has a much lower skill cap than Dota 2. I mean, I play league. I enjoy league Uh-oh, more than Dota 2. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm defending Dota 2 here because I enjoy watching Dota 2 a lot more than I enjoy okay. watching professional league because the skill cap is so much higher. In, uh, I, in I think Dota that 2. the way that the skill cap is higher is yeah, why okay. I don't yes. play Dota 2, though. That's a big problem, too. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of stupid uh, artificial skill cap increases in Dota 2, which I don't think should Good be in point. the game. But beyond that, you have things like smokes that create more you know, gank potential. You have a bigger map that creates more gank potential. You have more mobility in the game. These are all fair ways to create more action in the game and higher skill cap. You have limited vision, limited wards, whereas you, know, you get infinite wards in, in, in League. You watch Pro League, it's... You you almost always know exactly where the jungler is because the map is smaller. I mean, again, I do want to say, I do like League as a game more, but Dota Two has a much higher skill cap, and because of that, I enjoy watching a lot more. And I, I can't be the only one that thinks that way. Let me make sure I send a message to Aaron right now. Uh, Omar just defended Dota. He says he chose poorly, and <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it just Dota does a lot of things right, and I think if had they addressed some of the weird artificial skill cap issues and other pro- things in the game which I'm not a huge fan of I think it would do a lot better I mean I mean, there's no point of you know me really bashing on Dota 2 because the game is super successful as is anyway oh, yeah. actually I want to show a really cool set on uh, on just how popular League versus Dota is right now please then I have the perfect transition alright one last mention on that and then we can get somewhere fine. else but League Matt's going to enjoy this one go ahead League makes uh, $150 million a month that's like the latest figure Whoa. from Super Data take a look at this guys crazy uh, this just came out uh, I saw a different website I couldn't find a Super Data's website but based on the data it's from their research but you can see that League has uh, people all of a sudden saying League is kind of slowing down they haven't released any new player like, concurrent numbers for a while but if you look at the revenue they're an all time high uh, yeah. $150 million a month uh, your next spot is Dota 2 then you have Hots, and then you have Smite. I actually thought Smite was bigger than Hots, but I guess Blizzard. I, I underestimated Blizzard for a second there. But did they beat? Uh, what is it? Clash of Clans or Game of War Fire Age? Uh, League of Legends actually makes more money than Clash of Clans or uh, any of those games. Yeah, League is the is beast. They did over like over one point like five one point three one point four billion last year. We have uh, the numbers on Amazon. League were on mobile. Oh my god, they make so much money. But they have Vainglory, which is on Vainglory, mobile as well. It's pretty popular. Vainglory is popular because it did it first. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. But Vainglory, it wouldn't even register on this chart. I mean, it, 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 people play it right, but it's not nearly as big. Different platforms will, you know, obviously do better with different games. You, right? you know what killed Vainglory for me? I've played it for a while, and you know what killed it? Just having to do one lane all the time. Oh, that's what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's one lane it. with a jungle, and you have, like, this one mob you can fight over that is, like, the giant super mob that will kill your um, other team quite a bit. Like, they'll do quite a bit of damage. It's, 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 um, 
it wears on you to only have one lane because mm. there, there aren't as many tactical options. You know what I mean? Shoot, what is That's your problem true. with Lee? You should share that because I'm curious now. Um, I just feel like, excuse me. Um, I feel like uh, the action isn't as much as it used to be. Like back then, like you're like already fighting at like level like one, two, and three, and mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot of, especially because I mean it, this might be just me because like. You and me are gonna have a different experience. Yeah, of you course. Play top lane, and I play like bot lane, and I really like the whole action-packed bot lane that like me and mommy used to do. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like been taken over by like the tank stall strats, so it's kind of like I didn't find it to be as fun anymore. It's it's more about disengaging and farming. Yeah. And, uh, and but the thing is, is is what I like is I like the action aspect of league. So I like getting into those team fights. I like you know, doing all sorts of things like that or, like, engaging combat, and that doesn't happen for a long time in League now, like, compared to before. So I feel like I could spend 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, and potentially, like, have a bad game and that I have to just kind of, like, grind and sit through, mm -hmm. like, knowing that we're already going to lose. Or, or, or also knowing that it's going to be boring, or I could like turn Overwatch on and play an entire game in that time span, <laughs> where the action starts the instant the gate opens. Right. You cross these genres here, but you do make a point. It's very clear there's less action in League. I mean, this is not even an opinion. This is fact. Look at the pro games on League, and I tuned the random one on like the other day. It's like 20 minutes in. There's like three deaths. Come on, you know, like there's no action anymore. Everyone's just disengaging and farming. That's why I enjoy watching Dota today that I do watching League today. And you're 100% yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, it, it, it was crossing genre, but I'm more talking about the fact that the gate opens in that game and it starts, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas in, in, in League, like I said, like before, it was like the game starts like, you know, level one, me and mommy got first blood in like the first minute, right? Like how often did that happen when we played back then? Yeah, often. Right? And, yeah. and like like now, now it's just like 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 even like, upcoming level like three it's like there's there's no fighting and like i said i have to sit through that boring like watching people farm i just yep. sit through that shit of people like oh look i lost hit this look at my cs it's so big like like i don't that, that doesn't excite me like that number does not like, Chew, uh, people to cs die. doesn't excite you come on <laughs> no i want people to fucking die right like that's what i want cool. I, you heard here first people to die <laughs> no, put up put on a poster shoot quote unquote <laughs> i want people here. to fucking die <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but 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 yeah, it's like you know, like why why when I can when I can play a game and you know get the action right away and get that that rush mm -hmm. right away, you know. All right, uh, I think we, we we've been on league for a while, so uh, if somebody oh apparently well, speak... somebody mentioned Battleborn is on the humble bundle, uh, so uh, uh, speaking funny. of player numbers is what I wanted to get mm -hmm. at. That's how you got to do it. Right. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where we bring up just random interesting shiz of the week. Uh, the first interesting shiz was brought to us by our very own Matt, who, uh, go ahead, Matt, take away Battleborn and Battleborn's state of the game. I don't play it. I don't know what the state of the game Here is. Here Battleborn's state of the game is a very low population, <laughs> which, and the game is currently on Humble Bundle. There were 785 people playing an hour ago and a 785 24-hour peak. Oh, that's what he meant. Okay, uh, so yeah. Yeah, so it's low, and now it's in a Humble Bundle. Wow. The next it's step is free to play. Point. I'm calling it. The next step is free. I'm actually, well, since Evolve just pulled the recent free-to-play move, 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Battleborn pulled free to play, and I normally say games won't. I do think free to play for Battleborn is the right direction, uh, especially uh, with other games in the genre kind of stealing the spotlight right now. Uh, even Evolve. I mean, why play Battleborn? I mean, I know they're two completely different games. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. It's just that the free that button that says free is a far more attractive than a price point, and I believe the price was not reduced on Steam. Correct? It's just the humble bundle right now. It was sixty on on Steam at launch. It was a full price game. Yes, uh, it was a full yep. price game, and I think that their pricing and their structure there really hurt them. Mm-hmm. It just like I League of Dota set the yeah. League of Dota set the pace for the business model for for MOBAs, and it's you got to be free to play and you can make money doing other things. I mean, Absolutely. and obviously people will say, oh, you know, with League, the problem is you get the heroes. That you, you have to make all the heroes available, otherwise it's unfair. That's fine. You know, Dota pulled it off. Every hero is available in Dota day one for free. And League is a little more stingy with it. But, you know, you can there's, there's room to experiment with the business model. But it's, true. it's difficult to sell the concept of paying $60 for a MOBA when you have two of the most popular games in the world in the genre that are free to play. That's my... Five Speaking cents. of uh, games on Valve, Valve is taking a stance against gambling. And I know, Omar, you just stopped talking, but I believe you have some insight. Valve Valve will not accept gambling, guys. Yeah. That's it. They're laying down the law. So we did talk, I believe, a couple weeks ago on the gambling issue where you had sites like CSGO Diamonds, CSGO whatever. There was roulette sites where you'd bet on random outcomes with your in-game skins. And they made an announcement relatively recently saying that, look, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. And this is clearly because they got so much media attention on this that you had sites like Bloomberg, CNN, like everybody covered this. So it, they had to take no, action. Do, wait, do you guys don't know what happened? There was some drama. All right, give us a drama, Shu. a bit of drama. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Are you going to talk about it, Sean? Uh, you can take it away, Shu. I only, I only would point to it as being some of the funniest YouTube videos I've seen in a good amount of time. So go ahead. So go ahead. This, is, this is just stuff I've heard because um, Mommy still follows a lot of the betting thing. Mm-hmm. I used to bet, but I don't really bet anymore, but... Anyway, um, so according to what Mommy told me, um, a lot of the big, like, roulette sites, so not like CS Gold Lounge, but like the ones where, you know, you, you put all your, your pool in, it's like the lottery I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yeah. apparently the, uh, the lottery sites were owned by streamers, and they, like, they already knew the outcome. <laughs> T. Martin. <laughs> yeah, so, so pretty much, like, they were cheating out on people, pretty much, right. like, they could... They could win whenever they wanted to, and um, and they would upload videos of themselves people. winning. They'd upload videos of themselves winning without exactly. explaining that they actually own the site. So if you own yes, the like, site, it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. People didn't actually know that mm-hmm. that they owned it. They, they they kept it pretty pretty secret. But mm-hmm. people found out about it, and this guy, I I I'd be surprised if he doesn't get sued. You know, Shu, uh, it's, we've talked a lot about the definition of asshole here at MMOs.com, and I believe we finally found it. It's this uh, guy. It's these guys. These guys are definitely fucking assholes. Uh, that well, is the, some grimy, scummy shit to pull. The thing, uh-huh. that, the thing that makes it so grimy is that, like, what makes you, like, a good streamer to begin with or a big YouTuber? It's your fans. Like, yeah, honestly. You're, 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 jack, you're jack shit without them, right? <laughs> like, if it, if it weren't for all of you guys of in shit. Twitch right now, yeah. like, what would MMOs.com be? It would be, it'd be literally just yeah. a site that nobody looks at. Yeah. So the thing is, is these guys are taking, like, their fans who have risen them up to that level, been, right. like, help them make money off of doing what they love, and they stab them in the back, pretty much. Because it's like, 
hey, bet on my thing. Just kidding. I win because I'm the one who owns it. Like, right. Like, you know, and, like all your fans are like, hey, look what he's doing. I want to do that too. And then you fuck them over, you know? Like, yeah, it's so dishonest. Plus, they put videos of them winning and being all excited, right? But they're faking it because clearly they knew they were going to win because it's their site. So it doesn't matter to them. But they're faking the excitement, faking the entire thing. Just to, like lure people to gamble on your site. That's so shady. There's nothing wrong with owning the site yourself, but you can't hide that fact and try to sell it this way. This is so dishonest. I want to point out that um, these people are really big. They have really big uh, channels. Uh, Critical in the video I linked in chat, uh, he offers the right solution, which is people that pull this shit stop watching them. And if you watch these people, uh, you you really shouldn't because that's. I mean. These are these. This is this is the scummiest shit that we see in a while, right? So yeah. uh, just don't fucking subscribe to them. That's it. <laughs> good them, point. Good them, point. Let them burn out because everybody dies eventually, including YouTube channels. So, uh, like uh, our good friend T Martin here. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Did you want to add something? I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, I was just gonna say they're uh, better actors than they are businessmen. That's true. <laughs> they are good actors, aren't they? They've gotten away with this. I mean, these sites have made a lot of money. Like, you can't even be like, if you, I did the math, because a lot of these sites, you can actually, they tell you how much it was gambled on a, on a daily basis, and they take a 5% commission on it. So, some of these sites have made literally oh millions God. of dollars. Yeah. Millions of dollars profit for the owners. So, they could be good businessmen, too. I mean, they got caught now, right? But think how much money they made throughout the process. Fucking assholes. So, yeah, we did it, guys. We found the definition of asshole. <laughs> uh, we did yep. it. Finally. Uh, speaking of assholes, do I have a transition for that? Before, before we transition, there was actually an article on Polygon, which I can't find right now. Oh, yeah? But uh, it was talking about, obviously, again, Valve clearly said now that this is not allowed on their platform anymore. Going forward, they're going to send uh, cease and desist, telling people to st they're going to ban their APIs, basically. So you can't do this anymore. The big sites will be targeted first. A few sites have already went down and expect more to go down in the future. I think they didn't shut them all down from the get-go because they want players to withdraw their skins from these sites before they lose right. them. So they control the API. But uh, the article on Polygon was talking about people betting and losing money. Like it, it, it gave these sad stories about this student who had like all these student loans. And he, he lost $1,400 on this gambling site. This other guy lost $3,000 and like how upset they were. But here's my take. Don't fucking gamble if you, if, you, if, you, if you can't handle the losing, all right? Okay, here's the thing about gambling. People that have gambling problems, all of them are in dire situations because yes. they have gambling problems. It's that simple. <laughs> it, it's quite literally the name, problem, you know? Gambling yeah, yeah. problem. No, but these are kids, right? And they're students. They're not old enough to gamble, some of them at least. Right. But honestly, I have no sympathy for people that, that gambled and lost as long as like they weren't literally just cheated but completely scanned by the site. If it was like if it was rigged or not, but most of these sites are actually fair. That's a different issue. But uh, it, if you lost money on these, don't give your sob story about how you lost fourteen hundred dollars. Don't gamble if you can't afford to lose. That's that's number one rule of gambling. All right, don't gamble if you can't afford to lose. Now the real stories here is a bunch of GameStop employees were supposed to check IDs and didn't, and now they're getting sued for handing out M games. Really? Oh really? No, no oh. that's comparison. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, dishonesty, uh, this was something that we didn't talk about before, but I just remembered. According to Snopes.com, and I don't mean to harp on this, uh, many of the Pokemon Go tragic stories we've heard are surprise, surprise, false. Uh, it turns out a few websites have just been decided have decided to try and create viral content to speak about assholes and um, dishonesty. Mm -hmm. uh, so a few of them, 15-year-old killed trespassing while playing Pokemon Go, or Pokemon Go uploads related to Google Maps. 
A lot of this stuff has just been straight up false, according to Snopes. I haven't had a chance to fact check it myself. I trust uh, Snopes. I trust Snopes, and uh, to be honest, it's no surprise. Anytime something gets really big, uh, there's plenty of websites to go out there and just make shit up. Uh, you can usually identify them because they sit on top of Google for about a week, and then they just disappear. Do you know where That's you find thing. all the bullshit fake stuff? It's always on what? Facebook. Always. Oh, Facebook but, is the worst. It's a cesspool of the retards. All the retard <laughs> friends you know, they're all on Facebook, all right? And the ones that are sharing this stuff are your retard friends on Facebook. My, mine too. Usually, the most nonsense stuff I find is from Facebook. Because you can control what you see on Twitter and Reddit and stuff like that, but Facebook is a free-for-all of just nonsense. I know one that made my mother call me was uh, about a 15-year-old stabbing his brother to death. Uh, and that's the problem is that you get this stuff and it sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Then it makes Channel 7 news. And then you end up with my mother calling me thinking the game's going to get me killed. Uh, but that was just false, too. Uh, it's just disappointing. Make sure you always double-check the uh, shit you hear. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of it. A lot of stuff. People do tell lies on the internet. I'm sorry. <laughs> like why are they doing like some stuff like I, I don't, it's crazy i don't know what you guys are talking about it the internet is the biggest source of fact yeah, in the world. i, I cite it in all my reports uh i got this from the internet teach sorry <laughs> all right this is this is so an excellent did you, did you look into the did you look into that guy who um was threatening pokemon go players was that was that legit i'm not sure it's not here on snopes so i'm not sure uh, guys Yes, take it, it away. The, the internet is the most reliable source. It's how I learned that Marco Polo was a kung fu expert. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's true. He was a kung fu expert. You have Marco Polo from Netflix? Clearly historically accurate drama. <clears throat> it's not. <laughs> but this is Speaking a... of uh, internet drama, uh, Nexon, everyone's favorite company, uh, their mobile game Durango has open signups for pre-alpha. It is the first, as far as I know, mobile survival game, unless you count rip-offs of Agar and Slither and stuff. Um, and you can sign up for it. What will the game be like? I have no idea. It's definitely yep. an interesting concept. Uh, survival game, down. You chop trees to death. And you, make this, you build things, and you survive from dinosaurs. That is all I know. Guys. And, and it sounds like everybody that signs up for the pre-alpha will get in, but I don't know if that's just poor wording on their part or if it's true. I hate that term, pre-alpha. It's either alpha, pre-alpha. it's beta, it's release. What the fuck is pre-alpha? Stop well, using these terms! Anyways, have you seen it? It, it doesn't look pre-alpha. I, I don't know what looks pre-alpha or not. I, just, I hate that term, pre-alpha. Well, we're launching the beta of our alpha test. Come on, it's like, just use, like... These terms are getting more and more ridiculous, like pre-early alpha, like, and like mid-early alpha, <laughs> like it's it's what, second what alpha. alpha. Is that omega? Uh, isn't it alpha, alpha the first alpha letter? The omega. Isn't it, what's what? first letter in the Greek alphabet? Isn't it alpha? Alpha. You said there's nothing before. Maybe it goes right to Z. Zeta. Alpha <laughs> minus one. We need alpha oh. minus. We're doing our alpha minus one test. Alpha. Yeah, it is a bunch of bullshit. I think we talked about this fast. We need to refine our titles yeah. because it's getting way out of hand. There's no reason for this. It would be really much nicer if it's just like, okay, we're doing a test phase yeah. and that's it. And then they're like, okay, it's release phase. It, it, it's a bunch of garbage. But is this, I mean, I don't know too much about Durango because one, it's mobile, so I don't really follow too many mobile games myself. Is It's a survival game, right? It is a survival game. With uh, dinosaurs. With dinosaurs. So it's Ark. It's, it's Ark. It's a poor man's Ark. It's going to be free to play. It right? is top down. Uh, it's you know it's got all the classic survival tropes. Uh, you could and it's really it really is like Ark uh, on mobile. And I think I, they they looked at Ark's success and they said okay let's let's copy that. It'll be interesting to see if it works. I I can't see the thing about survival games. Um, guys, guys, guys. There, 
Go ahead. I'll let you finish first. Survival games take a lot of time to get good at, and mobile games that are successful tend to be games you kind of pick up and play while you're pooping, and then you, you know, <laughs> pick up and play while pooping. So I'm not sure how successful a game like this can be because you're not going to want to sit in your phone building a base for hours on end. Uh, we shall see. All right. If you look at the video I wanted to show, it's a one-hour video. I, I, I thought this spot was pretty hilarious. Look at what this guy's doing for a moment. There, He's washing his hands, right? Correct. Washing his hands. And look what happens moments after he finishes washing. How'd that happen? I'm waiting for the load. He literally just gets like a full set of clothes after he finishes washing his hands. That's how you take a dress. It's called they didn't make the animation support um, clothing. Hold on. I, I'm pretty sure That's he... thing. Yeah. Oh, no, he's doing I it over here. clothing. Yeah, because they just removed it rather than make the clothing float in midair. Because the clothing <laughs> isn't, like, put around the animation yet. I just thought that was pretty funny. But uh, will this kind of game well, work on not. mobile? I'm curious. Because it's working fine now. That's yeah. called a bug. That's called a bug. <laughs> <laughs> but again, seeing this makes me want to play Rust for some reason. Oh, I'm liking this busty lady we're seeing over here. Ooh. We do I'm see liking this lady I'm about to catch. You, you you get Pokemon spawn in your uh, in your in your place once, once an hour once an hour. That's not bad. Yeah, that's I nice. Mean, I, I, I get one too. You, you stole my idea and made your home the um, MMOs.com East Coast headquarters. Didn't no you? man, I didn't. I didn't do that just yet. <laughs> you can be Southeast Coast. I'll be Northeast. <laughs> All right. I do think this game looks interesting. I just I just I mean survival is a tough genre to, to compete in on PC now. I mean they are the only ones. And since games like Vainglory do 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 like they are successful, maybe this will work. This looks like a fully featured like survival game though. Like I, I don't think this this genre lends itself to mobile unless they pull it off. I mean, they might be able to pull know. it off, but look at the most successful mobile games. Games like Clash of uh, the strategy games have all done it already, right? Pokemon then, Go. I mean, we're in a early stages. Early stages. Yeah, so Clash Royale, for example, is also very basic. This looks like it's way too in depth for mobile. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being in depth, but the interface doesn't seem like the kind of game you'd want to play in a mobile it looks setting. Tough. It looks rough, yeah. I do think it's funny, though. This game looks better than a PC survival game called Wild Terra. And I, I actually like Wild Terra. I just wanted to point this out that it's funny how far mobile uh, games have come. Mm -hmm. uh, because I do think Durango looks pretty. I believe... I Actually, I'm not sure what engine it's running on. I would guess Unreal, but uh, we shall see. All right, well, this looks way different than what I just saw. This, is, this must be something different. That was the trail. Oh, I linked Wild Terror, but that there is a cinematic trailer for the game. And oh. we all know cinematic trailers uh, are all about gameplay. All right. There's, look at the video I'm showing right now. This must be something different. This is like no, a completely fun. different game. No, uh, part of, of Durango's gameplay is you're supposed to band together other players, build a base. But the graphics are completely different. That it's looks like Clash of Clans. Clans. Yeah, this looks like Clash of Clans style of graphics now. It what does. is this? Is this the same game? Yeah, it is. It must be the What? What we saw that earlier. Be, well, that might be earlier. It doesn't look like they have any, like, lighting effects at all other than the day-night cycle thing. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. This could be a really early build. It does look like Clash of Legends basically like now. Yeah, you're right. No, this, this, video is even, this video is even older. I think that's just a problem with isometric simplified graphics, though. Like, just the fact mm -hmm. that it's so, like, square. You might have, like, two, two games in one over here. Maybe that's, like, the thing. Because... It looks like two well, you separate make bases games. in every other survival game. I think they just zoomed out really far. Maybe. Just seemed a lot different though. 
But who's excited for Durango? I'm not. I, I'd rather play I actually, Rust. No, I I am excited because I'm. It's more of curiosity necessarily than just. I'm passively excited. interested. I mean, passively interested. I like interested. it. I like it. Passively I, I, interested. I signed up for the pre-alpha, and if I get an invite, I will play it. It's that simple. Okay, fair enough. Sure. What about you? Any even a remote interest in Durango or no? We lost That's a her. no. That's a no. <laughs> a no from Shu. If, if, if put her to sleep. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Nexon titles, Omar, I believe you have been playing First Assault uh, for this past free weekend. Uh, yeah, uh, I do want to talk about First Assault for a bit because that's a game that we did a Sunday Funday video a long time ago. And it's been out for like six months, if I remember. Like, well, let's let's, let's really? go to the Steam page. It does feel like it, it feels like it came out forever ago. Yeah, so this is a game that... Okay, this honestly has the worst and the longest name in the world. Just look at this for yes. a moment on Google. It goes three lines. Three lines deep, boys. Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, First Assault. So there's these guys, I guess the executives were just sitting in a, like, a circle. Okay, we want to use the word Ghost in the Shell. We, we want to throw the word First Assault. We want to put it online because they got to know it's an online game, you know? And then First Assault, why not? Like, somebody should have said, no, you can't make it that Let's long. First Assault. Like, what's wrong with them? This just shows ineptitude and, like, basic comprehension and decision-making. You can't have yeah. a... Oh, my they God. Beat. It's such a stupid well, name. I think they wanted it to be set in standalone complex yeah. rather than just normal Ghost in the Shell. But you, then just just call it First Assault and then let everybody else figure the rest out. <laughs> or Ghost in the Shell, First Assault. Also, I, let's be real. They did a quote from PC Gamer saying, The most anticipated games of 2016. Come on! This is not the most anticipated game of 2016! By a stretch! <laughs> Okay, it says games. So they might have had a huge list of like 500 games that might be the most anticipated, but this does not make the top 10, all right? I'm sorry. This is not top 10 material. Where's our quote on there, huh? Right? It's it's, it's a game. <laughs> but so, anyway. Uh, you yeah. had a chance to play recently, right? I was curious. We played it a while ago. Uh, was anything noticeably different about uh, Ghost in the right. Shell Standalone Complex versus sorry, Online? Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> First of all, you forgot oh, the online, Gumby. You forgot the online. Well, uh, I'm sorry, I'm okay. sorry. Sean, there's only one thing that matters, and that's that the bullet patterns are still random as fuck. Are no, they really? No, if you again, yeah. it's a spray bullet patterns too. Because if you just shoot one bullet, it's going to be accurate. But then if you shoot like right. three or four, it just feels really random. But that's the spray patterns. Every FPS game kind of you know does their own special so sauce with that. No, that this one I have literally killed people hip firing at their chests, and it's like had their head like explode, like headshot. Uh, I've the... hip fired at their chest, and that's happened. Okay, but it that's could really be, it, it could be the RNG. Yeah, it could be the RNG <laughs> recoil. Spray and spray. Into spray, and spray. <laughs> I played earlier today too, actually. And one of the noticeable things, it might just be me because I haven't played in a while. I feel right. like the characters move a little bit slower. I think they slowed it down a bit. They got rid of the movements. They changed the movement speed. They tweaked those numbers a bit. But again, mm. it could have just been me and I, I might have just changed my gear around. That's why. And obviously, different gear probably affects your movement speed too. But uh, it's there's a lot more people playing the game. It would get about 20. It, it would you know, hit the lowest number around 20. And it peaked around 150-200 prior to this uh, free event. They're calling it a right. free event, even though the game is supposed to be free from the get-go. But it'll be free until yeah. July 21st. And then th they say they're collecting data for an open beta. But why did they do this, like, six months ago? It just yeah, seems so weird. Uh, so that's why I was asking if anything changed. Because as far as I can tell, it's the same game we played six months ago. And they just wanted to see how much money they could get in the interim before going free to play. Uh, yeah. Well, I think they've been balancing it and changing yeah. stuff. Like, well, not... I hope so. You could have done it as a free-to-play title too. Mm -hmm. you, didn't, you didn't need to to 
I, I, I will say this. It was only five bucks, right? Yeah. Did they update it a lot, the game, like, since we've played it? Well, there are 116 under updates, like 116 posts, so they've updated it a mm -hmm. decent amount. That's good. Yeah, that's or good. at least run a ton of events. I mean, they've we done should, a lot. Uh, we should check it out again, maybe. Yeah, I'd that's be true. down. I mean, even, even tonight, Shu, if you want to play, because I, I enjoy playing, like, random shooter games, whether it's, like, Blackshot, Combat tonight. Arms. <laughs> like, I enjoy, like, free-to-play random shooters just for the hell of it. So I, I, I always enjoy playing these. I but, think it is going to do well. I yeah? Mean, it's, when it goes free-to-play. It's it's Ghost in the Shell. It's polished. Other than the fact that the spray patterns are so crap, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's solid. Right, it do does think, things um, other games don't. I mean, one of the key not, distinctions. Not, Go ahead. It's not exceptional, but I mean, it has the whole skill sync yes skill sync and skills are the stand apart features like it, you don't you don't see that in your typical combat arm style game no and i mean i've never had major issues with it either i mean i can't really say that about a lot of first person shooters i mean i've had literally no issues with it it feels smooth it doesn't have any jankiness to it at all <laughs> janky it's my favorite word legitimately just kind of bland and it has bad spray patterns that's about it do you think Nexon waited to go free-to-play until there's a lull in the free-to-play FPS market? Because it's been a while since Dirty Bomb came out, and I can't think of any other big FPS, except for maybe Sudden Attack 2, which I know we're all excited for. Uh, Do people still play Dirty Bomb? Like yeah. Still uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, it has, like, what, 3K a day? Yeah, it does pretty, it does pretty well, actually. It's one of their most successful it's, games uh, in the West. A 3K 24-hour peak, 32-46, playing 16 minutes ago. So yeah, it does well. Um, I wonder. I wonder what these numbers will look like after First Assault comes out. If they'll take anything away from it, I don't think so. But we'll find out. Oh, another Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe First Assault was waiting until the Ghost in the Shell movie came. Yes, out, and then they decided oh. it was taking too long. That's a and good they point. said, "Fuck it." Wait, Matt. You know when? When was the Ghost in the Shell movie announced? Was this was the game announced before the movie? I think it was, right? I don't know. That point's invalid, anyways. Because the movie's God knows how years. long the oh. Warcraft movie took. Yeah, <laughs> ten years. Yeah, something like that. But so while, points invalid. Move well, on. <laughs> while we're on the topic of uh, Ghost in the Shell, though, I mean, again, just being a solid game isn't enough. It's, I mean, you, you saying a game doesn't have any issues is not enough to succeed. I think is the point no, I'm trying to make. Because it's, it's going no, to be benchmarked against every other shooter out there. And obviously Overwatch is the big dick in the group currently. Well, well I think because it's basically every free-to-play shooter, it's going to do well. It's just... I mean, it looks nice. It's polished. It's all people look for. <laughs> Shu just dropped an excellent comment that must Shoe be shared. Comments in chat. Thank you, Shu. <laughs> she just pointed out that she just, did, she just dropped a dirty bomb a few minutes ago, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And before we get off next on that, should oh, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say, I like talking to the chat during... during yeah, it's fun. You see what you get when you watch live. I just, get, the, get the chat. Oh, sorry. My phone. <laughs> I was not a Pokemon. <laughs> I was not playing Pokemon during podcast. Uh, I was. Perfect. All right. You had uh, actually pretty big news this week, too, and next on related. They actually, uh, looks like they gave up the publishing rights to uh, Atlantic Online to a company called Volof. Which I haven't even heard of until today. Did you guys know Volof existed? Yes. Really? Luminary. From where? Luminary. But Luminary bounced around so many times that I didn't know Volof picked it up. Like I know it was EG. Then it went to the developer. 
and then from then I stopped following it. I, I never. I, I can't remember where I said it, but I said that was going on. I had said something about how it was being transferred. I'm like, isn't that the people that publish Luminary right now? And I <laughs> looked it up, and it was the people that publish Luminary. So yeah, I already knew them. All right. So what's and, crazy? Uh, uh, Go ahead. Other places are reporting that all three publishers gave up the rights, but like I, I tried Googling and I didn't see anything about Dom hosting Atlantica anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I'm, I'm confused. The game is still being published by Nexon in Korea. So this like it's only affecting the American and the Western version of the game. But what's crazy is Nexon actually didn't develop uh, Atlantica. A company called Endors did, and Nexon actually bought Atlanta, uh, Endors at the time. They only had like two games, and that was Atlantica and a game called Wonder King. Wonder King was kind of a flop. Uh, I don't think it did particularly well. So it was really – they bought Endors for Atlantica. And to see them basically give up on the game in the West shows that it just really didn't do that well. And just to give you a number too, I mean they did, it wasn't cheap. Uh, they, they bought the company in 2010 for about $153.9 million US dollars, which is insane. That's $153 million. And then they gave up. The game is not being published by them anymore in America. They, they gave up on it. It seems very odd. Atlantica is doing very poorly, I think, for them. Yes. And they actually, I think they end up buying 67% of the company. It's weird. When Asian companies like invest in each other, they buy each other out. It's like they only buy like 60%, 70%. They buy like a majority control, but they don't buy the whole thing. It's very weird. Like It's a cultural thing, too, because it, that doesn't happen nearly as much in America. At least, you know, I, I follow quite a bit of finance. That doesn't seem to happen. But yeah, they $153 million down the drain, it looks like. Luckily, the game isn't dead. If you still play the game, you will able to transfer your characters over to Volofi if you want to. What a name. I'm going to call him Volofi, all right? I'm going to make some Volofi tonight. All right. But honestly, like, I, I never got too much into Atlantica, but I did play Luminary. Did you guys ever play Luminary? Rise of the Greenly. The no. Goonzo. This Goonzo. game was. <laughs> this shit was the bomb. I, I enjoy this game a lot. It's some pretty Duke graphics, but it had this really cool trading system. Like, it was like, even though it didn't look great, it had like unique elements. That's I, This was like six, seven years ago I played this, and I remember just having a shit ton of fun with this, even though... Isn't that the one with the minigame crafting system that was like match three or whatever? Uh, there was a pretty in-depth crafting system. I'm not sure if it was match three, but I just remember that the, the trading system was insane. The market system was a hell of fun. You'd buy things from one area, sell it for more somewhere else. Oh, you tell me they had buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. You know, you get to speculate in the market. The foundation of market economies. Yeah. I love the uh, the UI in this because it's just RO. Just yeah. Old, straight up plain text mm-hmm. uh, UI. It's fun. It looks very lively in this video. I can't imagine the, the official servers are still this busy. This was a game that used to be at least a little bit popular. Definitely not anymore. But I kind of want to play again just by watching this. I, I, I'm excited about Luminary for some video. reason. I'll do a video <laughs> for sure. But I'll probably do a video I, where I pick up after I play for a little while. Because this is one of those games that, from the get-go, it seems very bland and bad. But when you play it for a while, like the features grow on you. It's, it's, I believe it. Yeah. Now, so somebody can rule the server. Yeah. You could be you could be the Goonzoo. All right? The Goonzoo. Okay, what a I'll, name. I love I want, it. I want to talk design with you guys. All right, Shu? You as well? Mm-hmm. Game design here. Because I'm curious what happened to this idea where one person could rule the server. You had games like Archlord that tried it. You had games like you can be the Goonzoo on the server where like one guy becomes the big dick. Why didn't that take off? I feel like that was a really cool idea on paper where one guy becomes the big dick. Well, that's 
It's only one person. Yes, but I, you want to be that guy. You want to be the big dick. Like, shouldn't that be enough to like motivate people to play and be that guy? Well, there was a survival game, and the name escapes me now. Find it. I tried doing that. Um, mm -hmm. You would one person would become, and it's it's on the tip of my tongue. One person would become the king of the the island until someone killed them, and they got their own little fort and all that. Yeah. And why well, can't I remember the name? So I don't know. It seems like something. Maybe it just it ends up being imbalanced. <laughs> I I can't say I've played anything recently that's tried it. It just so, I feel like games have tried it in the past. It just never really caught on. Like Arcelor, I mean, was around for a while, but it was never big. The games that seem to have that feature just that wasn't Arch Lord super pay to win though. I don't remember. It, it was subscription originally, so I don't know. It was Reign of Kings. Reign of Kings uh, tried that, and <laughs> I guess it kind of fell apart. Reign of Kings was just a bad game. That's not a yeah. Good I didn't game. actually play it, so uh, right, I'll take your word for it. But that <laughs> was the entire premise of the game, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That one person would kill the king and become king, and we have our special guest, Cat. Uh, <laughs> The cat's name is Hollow, right? She just, she, yeah, she just jumped on me and she's like freaking headbutting me in the face. <laughs> That's a cat that knows what it wants. To kill Shu. Uh, fun Pretty fact, Shu's cat is named after the character cat, the character from uh, Spice? What was it? Spice and Wolf? Spice and Wolf. There we go. I don't know why I forgot. Actually, I watched that one too. I can too. mute if she's being too loud. Can no, you no, hear no. her? Okay. A little bit. She's like non-stop non hitting me in the face with... Like, Headbutting me. You have a good kitty, then. <laughs> oh god, stop! But uh, on topic of Nexon too, I, I did a video for the a, a, a financial look at Nexon, and I was surprised how popular that was. People were actually interested in the numbers behind these game companies. So expect more of those in the future. I'm thinking NCSoft is probably gonna be the next one. Uh, maybe IGG or Perfect World. So Nexon, for those that didn't see the video, is, is a pretty massive company. They're worth about $6.5 billion. They're, they're usually one of the biggest gaming companies in the world. Obviously, they don't come close to the size of Blizzard at like $32 billion, But they're they're one of the biggest game companies in the world. People underestimate that. They are. And Nexon gets a lot of hate for some reason. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, mean, I understand on a surface level, but like you said, I mean, they're a huge company. And they delivered a lot of titles. I'll link the video right here in chat. I mean, the, the, the really the big revelation though, for those that don't know, basically everything that Nexon makes in America, uh, in the you know, North America, is like four percent of the entire company's revenue. Four percent. We're literally a rounding error for Nexon. So like, one of the reasons they're not so responsive to what people bitch about in America is because again, it's a rounding error. Everything in Nexon America is four percent of their revenue. They could, they don't want, like, they don't. Frankly, I guess they don't care as much because who cares? You piss off the American players because right. it's 4%. Who cares? You know, you can make it up by making a promotion in China or something and then Dungeon Fighter Online gets more players <laughs> over there. But it's... I'm not convinced that uh, foreign companies don't see it as who cares if the Americans get mad. They're going to get mad anyways. <laughs> Why not? <It's> true. <laughs> Although based on, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Nexon's uh, financial statement, they said say they want to increase their presence in america yeah they, so they next time we buy through mna yeah, specifically that's why they have um companies like oh shit what was it uh qc games or something and bosky productions yeah so they actually yeah, have, they probably have a piece of bosky because they're publishing their game in america no, they, yeah they own part of bosky i think mm -hmm. It's a very popular uh, way to go about things. You you know, instead of making a game yourself, you'll invest in a studio 
and then publish that game, you don't take all the risk because if the game flops, you know, you, you only split the losses with whoever you invested in. Right. So we'll see how... Uh, I've, I've been getting some PR about... Um, PR emails about the Bosky game, but I, I'm still iffy on it because it's going to cost money. And I'm, I'm a free-to-play gamer at heart. <laughs> Even though well, I did Bosky play only Overwatch. Has breakers, yeah. I mean, so, so, okay. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Maple Story Two, but it looks like that's 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 clearly a flop. I think that's happening. I think Maple Story Two and Lost Ark are in the are, are somewhere in a basement uh, together in South Korea. Well, Maple Story Two is happening in China, and it's going to be published by Tencent. So get yourself a QQ account and try it then. Yeah, it works. Oh, true. Actually, I might do a video for Tencent as well because they're they're actually one yeah, of the biggest players thing. in the gaming industry. Do they they own ten percent. Worth ten cents. Aha! Ew, ew. What a what an easy joke to make. I award you zero points wow. for that one, Matt. That was like you you really went for the low hanging fruit with that one. It wasn't even low hanging. That fruit literally just dropped on your lap, right? You didn't have to do anything for it. No one said I tried. But Tencent's worth over a hundred billion dollars. It's crazy. They're a giant. They're bigger than like, like multiples of Blizzard. They're probably the biggest gaming company in the world, actually. Because they like they like own like Twitter and like the messaging app. They own everything. They, uh, they don't own Twitter, but they own the piece of the the Chinese Twitter. But yeah. same thing. That's what I mean. The Chinese thing. <laughs> Did you know you used to have a check mark on that, Rimo? Really? No, yeah, I didn't. Did. Tell us. Is there a story behind that? Oh, uh, it's because um, I was friends with the Tencent people who worked on League of Legends, and I used to answer questions. On oh. That. Oh you, my god, or... no way. Hmm. Wait, Sorry. What? No, I'll, I'll hold it. Holy did, did, did you get any interesting questions? Were, 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 you, were you the ambassador? I'm done. You have to share no. it with me. Oh, okay, no. me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Were you the, were you the yeah. ambassador? Or did you get any like, cool I, any I interesting questions? I used to talk to even the SEA people. And so I was on Garena as well but back how, then. How did you like transit what they were saying? Did you have somebody translate it for oh, you? Oh, I had, yeah, I had somebody like... Oh, oh there's an, an inner a person. Uh -huh. That's fun. You employed somebody. You had a translator. Sure. Was your was a your avatar also ask me in English? So was your avatar Australia's Reverie from League of Legends? It was Sona. Oh, uh, but it was like that 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 anime Sona. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The one from my that I had. It's not a, so Sona's your spirit animal, is what I'm hearing. Um, I think I'm more of an uh the. Stinger okay. Polly, but let me let me go ahead and reword this question a little differently. Who's your league waifu? Leona. All right, all right. Eh, she's okay, but like as a character, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want her around the house as much. I think. Wow. I'll take Annie or Sona. She's Annie. That's my. She's she's still a little bit too old for my taste, but you know you, you got to make compromises. Yeah, but you get her, you get her bare tibbers as well. Of course, of course. <laughs> Alright, go ahead, Matt. Okay, so no, I I just um uh the snail games thing, right? Mm -hmm. So next week at China Joy, apparently they're supposed to fully reveal Age of Wushu two, which I didn't know Age of Wushu did well enough to get a sequel. It did in China, that, not in America. Or if they wanted, or that they wanted to like move it all to a sequel. But anyways. Because um, we saw how well a sequel worked for Maple Story, but anyways, okay. So mm -hmm. they're also announcing this other game next week. We're revealing it. 
um, Savage Horizon, which is a sandbox game. And for those of you that don't know what Savage Horizon is, have you ever heard of Dark and Light? Yeah, I know Dark and Light. Reason well. You play Dark. a god and you make your own little village and... No, that's black and white. Oh, never mind, don't know it. <laughs> Dark and Light is this old um, sandbox MMO that was made by this company, NP Cube, right? So what happened is the game was terrible when it first came out. It launched under a different name originally. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. And basically nothing works. Like, you get on dragons and they'd like not fly properly and you'd like walk straight up mountains and weird shit mm -hmm. and like something about flying upside down so a bunch of gameplay bugs anyways then it finally came out as dark and light and it was a subscription game and i'm pretty sure it had a box fee i can't remember but um there was also a free-to-play option and there were restrictions on it and it was still a disaster, basically. It had a hardcore audience because it was something different. It was a massive world for the time, but mm -hmm. it was mostly empty. And um, eventually it failed, like, big time, because they got sued by this other company. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. I'm trying to find it. Uh, VWorld, who claims that they counterfeited their software and did not, like attribute them or give them money or anything mm -hmm. and it failed and it went under the company went under it the, the website was up for ages but snail games bought the game like ages ago mm -hmm. and then were supposed to re-release it for china and it was just gone for ages and now all of a sudden it and you can look at mmo culture and click on their savage horizon thing Literally, it's been three years since we heard anything about Savage Horizon. It's happening. And all of a sudden, it's coming back. It's happening. It's happening. Though I, I'm not too excited about this because I, I don't know enough about it to be excited. <laughs> I, I have to either. at least see it. And it's just crazy that it's coming back after all this time and after what a massive failure it was. It was like um, uh, Age of Mourning. I don't know if you guys know that no. one either. I never, I never played it, but it was this disaster on the level of like the war z where basically nothing worked and it was a pvp sandbox game of some sort and it came back like six times over under different names and i'm not entirely convinced that air evan wasn't based on the same code base but um yeah it just kept coming back and just to see that another one of these disastrous sandbox mmos is coming back it's just kind of hilarious but I hate when games use the word sandbox without actually explaining specifically what sandbox about it. Because, like, so many games, I feel like, throw that word around. And, like, it could mean so many different things. Like, are we talking Rust-level sandbox, Minecraft-level sandbox? Even Archage calls itself a sandbox. Like, what level of sandbox can we expect? It could be something completely different from, what you know, what you'd think. That's why you, you got to play it first before you even begin to get excited. But does uh, anybody know what they mean when they say sandbox? It could literally mean anything. Uh, you could I guess... look it up. The idea like, is that a sand in a sandbox game, there is sand. No, there are there's no direction. There's lots of sand. More sand, <laughs> more than the sand grains of Arabia. Uh, I guess it's the idea to have the freedom to do anything you want within the confines of a limited rule set. How's that sound? That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds pretty good. But the, again, so many games okay. use it differently. Here's the problem with the sandbox, though. The way that the sandbox works in real life is that you use your imagination 
and build things with your imagination. Imagination's for suckers, just like I don't want to use my imagination to work out game mechanics. That's just dumb. I do pain for this game to do it for me. I do want to say Age of Wushu has always at least been like we make fun of Chinese games a lot. Go ahead. We make fun of Age of Wushu a lot, right? I mean, not Age of Wushu, but Chinese games in general. But Age of Wushu was at least like a little bit different uh, than other games. It wasn't your cookie cutter formula. I remember being a little different. I I never got too much into it. My brother played it more than I did. But I I just remember at least they tried they tried some different mechanics with it. It wasn't just another perfect world. You you want to talk originality? Perfect world, Jade Dynasty. And their third game, I forget what it was called now, uh, Ether Saga, they were all built on the same like exact engine and it just looked like a reskin version of a different game. Do you want to explain what made... Because when I look at Age of Wushu, I think of Swordman Online uh, almost immediately. Swordman you know, Online I, was not great no, either. okay. But I, I, was, I want to know the difference. Age of Wushu was like Eve. Like, it's legitimately what? like... Wusha Eve, Yeah. It's like not something I would have expected to ever hear. <laughs> I remember playing it a bit, and then it was just like the game felt like I don't like explain it. It just felt Chinese. That's the word you're looking for. Yeah. Chinese. <laughs> I was looking for that word, but I was trying to. I be got you, sure. I got you. Look at being a little more diplomatic. <laughs> trying to be a little bit, you know, a little bit more more Tumblr friendly, you know. <laughs> As you say that, uh, it's funny because I'm looking at screenshots that we have on the site and. A lot of the chat logs that we have screen captured, it's uh, people advertising gold selling sites. That's a sign of success, remember? We discussed this. (laughs) (laughs) Sign of success, that's right. It is a sign of success. So I guess this game was pretty good. (laughs) That's how I judge. I've heard it has some pay-to-win problems at the end of the game, and if you don't pay for a subscription, there's basically no way to win, even if you don't put the other money into it. But, um... Yeah, it's basically supposed to be like Wusha Eve with a lot of like the jumping through the air and running on walls and crap like that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't play it. Uh, I know my brother played a bit more than I did. He probably would, if he was here, he'd give us some more rundown. But yeah. Reminds you of another Chinese game, <laughs> Dragon Oath. Uh, that game was abandoned in America so quickly. Uh, it's made by Chang Yu, one of the bigger studios you mean, in China. Uh, isn't it called Tianlong yep. Babu? Babu, yes. TLBB. Uh, one of the most like popular Shang, games, like, revenue-wise, but it's complete flop in America. They haven't updated the official website since uh, like three, four, five years. But what's I fun? It was dead. Oh no, no, I think you can still play. It just they, they didn't update their website in forever. In fact, I'll, I'll bring it up. The Dragon Dragon's website. It's no, weird I that they mean, kept when it going. I went to the site, I thought it was dead. Oh no, I think. Oh yeah, I, I don't blame you because the site looks completely empty. Again, they didn't update it since 2011 over here. No, 2012. My bad, 2012. But uh, one of the one of like the the schools or the clans you can join in the game, there's like a whole bunch of them. One of them is called Beggars Alliance, which I always thought was pretty funny. Like, who wants to join the Beggars Alliance? Am it's I missing like a lot of money? Is there a cultural about. like barrier? Something missing? What? What? Why is it called <laughs> Beggars Alliance? It's honorable to beg. Well, speaking of Chang Yu, did you guys ever play Zensha? Vaguely. No. I, I I didn't play it for long, but I remember it had some pretty unique things to it. Like I think it adds a lot of the trading, if I remember correctly. Also had some crazy characters. I remember. Sensha. I remember they were they were actually uh, Chang Yu. Uh, props to Chang Yu, right? They sent me a box, really? right? No, listen, they sent me a box Please. in the mail, full of fox like cute fox oh, plushies. So you're a corporate shill, as well. All right, they they gave me these really kawaii as fuck plushies. I don't know where they are now, right? Except but I, I had like. 
25 of them, right? I think I even asked for them, right? I guess they thought I was gonna give them away, but I didn't. I kept them off myself. <laughs> but they also Please gave me the they gave me 20 right? mouse pads, 20 mouse pads, 25 of these plushies, and like 10 of these t-shirts. I, I just kept all of them for myself because I didn't. I I just came in the mail one day. I didn't even like I wasn't expecting anything. Plus, we'll see, Omer. Omer <laughs> let me just show you. Look at the stream. This is what I got. Let's let's see if this is held up right. All right. All right. Uh, dear Cheng Yu, I need to redo my wardrobe, so could you please send me plushies and shirts? And I need some mouse pads too, so... <laughs> At least 20 mouse pads. At least 20 mouse pads. I'm I just... real quick. Yeah, see, th see, that's what I got. This giant box. Where's that? I don't even see a link here. I'm not seeing a link. I'm not seeing no, a link, I said man. I in stream. Oh, in oh, stream. okay, okay, okay. Oh, we don't look at your we camera. Don't, yeah. <laughs> my, I, I have to place to look already with my eyes. Alright, then, uh, hold on. Cat, can you hand me my phone? <laughs> no, you can do it right now. I'm looking, man. I'm looking. No, it's it's too late. I'm just gonna tweet. It's too late. It. All right, all right. All right I'll tweet it for later. Uh, all right. We're 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 getting we're jumping around topics now, so it might be uh. Oh, this actually is a good time to. Uh, we never discussed it. Sunday fun day. No idea what's going on there. Uh, we did play Hero Wars, which is a lot of fun, though. So. I wanna. Yeah, Hero Wars was a lot of fun. I, really I missed out on that. How yeah. was it? Sure, you missed. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was the perfect was game to play and bullshit. Was it Metal Assault fun? Oh no, it was way better than Metal Assault. Metal Assault was uh... Don't, don't, don't compare. Shoot, Metal Assault is a game I'd rather forget about. Don't, don't remind me that game exists. <laughs> Shoot, please never mention that name again. The ultimate rebuttal to anything Omer says is... He recommended Metal Assault. I didn't recommend Metal Assault. No, I, I no. think the ultimate rebuttal is he defended Ion. What? No, I can defend Aeon. It was. Uh, yeah, that's alright, I think. That's not, that's not the same tier as Metal it's Assault, okay right? It's okay to be insane, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> quick, quick question Is Matt streaming today? He streamed already oh, today. He streamed today. I streamed oh, last night. I'll, I'll stream after I cook. Oh, oh nice. Oh. You want to play Overwatch after? I'll or? play Overwatch with you if you stream. Alright, I'll stream. Alright, I'll... Wow, if I stream, wow. No, no, I'll play regardless, fine. <laughs> I'll change that to regardless. I'll, I'll stream, I'll stream, I'll stream. Alright. I, I streamed some last night, and I gave away, uh, like, about 20 different games on Steam. From those, uh, oh, yeah? from Ragev Black Media. They sent... Oh, yeah. They really upped their game. Before, they'd send you one game in an email, right, for free. Now they send, like, seven games per email. Yeah, they put them all together. <laughs> so I gave all those oh, away. It was crap. fun. I gotta, the only I gotta thing I can give again. away is Fate Grand Order accounts. <laughs> Should you still play? Uh, I I actually uh, updated the other day just to see what they had, but it was pretty nasty, so I didn't play. I'm okay with us going back to uh, Hero Wars one day because I, I had a lot of fun with that. Me too. I guess we're gonna have to figure out what Sunday Fun Day is gonna be. All right, so, it's a it's a mystery uh, right now. We'll announce it's a mystery. It, uh... Mystery Sunday Fun Day, not unusual. And right. with that note, I think we will wrap <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I need to cook. <laughs> All right. Uh, this will be a little. I I, I got a piece together because we had a crash in between, but I think we'll be okay. We will. We will be just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stick around for the after show. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, later, guys. For now, for YouTube. All right. See you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. All right. Peace.